0: Previously, I ranted on how ABM tech has become synonymous with ABM. Today, I want to discuss another reason why less than one-third of ABM programs deliver significant business revenue growth, as per ITSMA State of ABM reports. This reason is sales, marketing's, and leadership's desire to scale ABM. I'm Christina Germillo, host of the ABM Done Right podcast and president of Personal ABM, and I cringe every time I hear talking about scaling ABM because in most cases, scaling for sales and marketing means reaching more potential buyers. It means that sales and marketing teams are focused on quantity of interactions versus the quality of interactions. Go-to-market teams are treating ABM as something to do. And it means that ABM is simply becoming account-based advertising, account-based lead gen, and marketing as usual, but more targeted using tech like Terminus, Sixth Sense, and Demand Base. In an attempt to scale ABM, most companies are first engaging in a one-to-few and one-to-many programs. With one-to-many ABM programs, you speak at industries and personas. You focus on general assumptions and pain points. With one-to-few, you speak at targeted accounts and targeted personas that are in similar industries, are showing similar intent signals, and appear to be in similar buying stages. And in both cases, ABM is campaign-based, and sales and marketing teams are pushing out content and messaging hoping that something sticks. It's marketing as usual, but now using intent data and ABM technologies to take a more targeted spray and pray demand gen approach. Some organizations think they're doing a one-to-one as they're personalizing ads targeted buyers and sending them to personalized landing pages. They may do outreach via phone, email, and social, but they're just personalizing templates So in reality, as teams try to scale the one-to-one ABM, they're speaking at people instead of to and with the human buyers because teams are taking a one-to-many or one-to-few approach and applying it to -to one-to-one. They're still telling everyone's story. And as Matthew Dixon and Brent Adamson mentioned in their book, The Challenger Sale, in most cases, buyers' unresponsiveness is not because you failed to make a logical argument, it's because you failed to make an emotional connection. It's not that buyers didn't believe your story, it's because they didn't see it as their story. So one-to-one personal ABM speaks to and with human buyers within target accounts so that we wanna win, protect and expand. When you take this type of approach, you go directly to key decision makers and influencers with insights that are specific to their gaps, their impacts, and content that speaks to them specifically. You focus on each and every single interaction and touch point that go-to market teams have with the human buyers and how you're relevant at the industry, company, rank, division, operational, financial, personal, and customer levels. You focus on the account experiences that you're providing to those 20% of accounts that can deliver 80% of today's and tomorrow's revenue growth. You focus on getting accounts to revenue versus sourcing the pipeline. When companies focus first on scaling ABM, they build a pipeline, but in many cases, it does not translate to revenue. For example, at the B2B MX Next Level ABM event where I spoke on using ABM for a deal acceleration, Blue Yonder discussed creating hundreds of millions of dollars in pipeline using ABM, but less than 50% of the pipeline did not translate to revenue. In the last couple of weeks, I talked to VPs of growth, VPs of marketing and sales leadership at companies that are seeing 5% conversions from stage zero to close. I'm talking to companies that are seeing stage zero to one conversion percentages in the teens. I'm also talking to sales and marketing teams that are challenged with accounts going dark after sales engagement. And it's because these companies did not change sales and marketing motions. They did not change sales and marketing interactions. They didn't change account experiences and how they build human relationships across target organizations. Brandon Redlinger, Senior Director of Product Marketing at Revenue.io, recently mentioned on LinkedIn, cold carling is not dead. Emails aren't dead. Social selling isn't dead. It's not the channel that's broken. It's the relationship with our customers that's broken. The truth is business today is mostly about the relationship. We need to treat our customers better. When we put the relationship first and focus on producing value, every channel will come to life. And then he asks, do you agree? I completely agree that the channel is not broken. However, you have to have a relationship in the first place for it to be broken though. We can't build a relationship because sales and marketing teams are so focused on scale instead of focusing on the interactions they need to have with the human buyers and the accounts that they wanna win, protect and expand. We can't build a relationship because sales and marketing are not focused on the experiences we need to deliver with those key accounts. It's time we focus on the humans behind the personas that we're targeting. Here's another LinkedIn discussion that's relevant to this particular conversation. Sangram Vahri, uh, co-founder of Terminus mentioned, what words in marketing need to change? For me years ago, I stopped saying the word prospect. Why? Because no one likes to be prospected, do you? As soon as I started calling them future customers, it dramatically changed the way how I engaged and created content. Speaking at a conference, I once asked how many email marketers send to prospects over customers. And the ratio seems to be 50 to one. Meaning, because prospects are not yet customers, we don't care about how many promotional emails we send them. Words do have the power of life and death when it is, which is why every touch point you create either builds or kills your brand. I agree with Stan Grimm. So if words have the power of life and death, especially when it comes to a deal, and if every touch point we create either builds or kills your brand, then instead of thinking about creating campaigns and quote unquote touches, we should be thinking about creating moments with our future customers by having the right interactions and delivering the right experiences. The more we focus on scaling ABM, the further away we're getting from having the right interactions and delivering the right experiences. The more we try to scale ABM, the more ABM becomes account-based advertising, account-based lead gen, and marketing as usual, but a bit more targeted with the help of technologies like Sixth Sense, Terminus, and Demandbase. Go-to market teams are looking at ABM wrong and it's why they fail to scale. ABM is a business strategy, not a thing to do. It's how we're going to fix business challenges that are tied to the fundamentals of revenue doesn't matter how much you scale ABM if you're not getting stage progression. We need to change sales motions, conversations, and the interactions that sales and marketing teams are having first. If we do not have sales velocity and revenue opportunities keep getting stuck or become, they become dark, what good was all the time and focus on getting the accounts to start their journey? In my rant on how ABM tech should not be synonymous with ABM, I talked about CMOs that are getting conversations with Walmart MasterCard, and others, but it's taking 14 months or longer, and they're still too far from getting a deal signed. Scaling ABM to get more accounts into the pipeline will not drive revenue growth when you cannot accelerate accounts to revenue. I also talked about CMOs that are challenged to go up market. The GTM team for a channel sales tech firm was able to win deals with accounts that would be worth less than $70,000 annually, but larger companies would consistently decide to invest in the safe bet, which in this case was Salesforce. Scaling ABM to get more accounts into the pipeline would not fix the issues they have in going up market to drive even stronger revenue growth. I've talked to companies that recently gained growth funding and they want to scale ABM to drive a pipeline, but many of their existing clients are in the red. If we're not going to retain and expand key accounts, what good is building a pipeline of accounts that will just churn? they will always be chasing after the money versus driving sustainable growth. Here's what we need to do before we focus on scaling ABM. We need to first apply ABM to fix the revenue leaks within the sales, marketing, and customer success organization. This goes beyond building a pipeline and using ABM to reach as many prospects as possible within our ICP. It requires marketing to make a real impact on the complete buyer's journey and customer lifecycle. We need to look at number one, stage progression. Why are we losing key accounts at different stages? ABM should change sales and marketing motions. So we need to put our interactions under a microscope. We need to look at how we need to change the interactions our leadership, sales, marketing, customer success teams are having. Are we coming to every social email or live conversation with a point of view about future customer specific business as Doug Landis talked about in his recent Forbes article? Are we aligning ourselves with the company's growth visions and where the company would like to go as strategic initiatives for the business will trickle down to every department across the organization. We need to look at number two, win rates. Why are we losing deals at the status quo or to our competitors? EBM should be influencing the conversation that sales teams are having with future customers as well as the internal buying conversations that sales teams are not privy to. When we complete win-loss analysis, we find that teams are losing the deals because they failed to connect the disconnected as Jared Green talks about in his his podcast. They're failing to influence the internal discussions. Number three, we need to look at deal sizes. Why are we not able to go up market? In many cases, it's because sales and marketing teams are focusing on in-market accounts, especially now that we all have the intent tools like Bombora, True Influence, Sixth Sense, and many other intense data platforms that are consistently coming out. While these accounts can provide faster sales times, they can also provide lower deal sizes and less margin growth as they have predefined needs. Most go-to market teams do not have a strategy that would help them win with the 60% of the market that is stuck in status quo. In other cases, sales and marketing teams are not taking a challenger approach to reframe a future customer's thoughts about a competitor and show them competitor-specific gaps and the impacts that it would have on the prospect's ability or future customer's ability to achieve their business vision. We also need to look at number four, sales cycle time. Why is it taking nine, 12, 14 plus months to get a deal? In one of our recent podcasts, we talked about the need to reboot, go to market planning and execution with Mark Staus, who was the CEO of Proof Analytics. Mentioned analytics show that ABM has the greatest impact at the middle and bottom of the buyer's journey. But putting strategies in place and working with sales, we can accelerate accounts to revenue, but most marketers are still focused at the beginning of the journey. Another thing that we need to look at is a customer lifetime value. Why are we challenged to retain and expand key accounts? Many B2B firms do not take a customer portfolio management approach when teams are focusing on accounts that have accelerated rates of return and have opportunities for growth. They're not looking at the accounts that have slow rates of return and seeing how they can apply ABM to change buying behavior, to increase margins and expansion. They're not looking at how they become single-threaded after the deal and why they're not able to expand throughout their client's organization, even though if the key decision maker leaves, there's a good chance that that account would become come at risk. They're not looking at how we need to change the interactions that customer success teams have with existing accounts and the conversations they are having. To fix our revenue leaks, we need to take a more personal approach that focuses on the human buyers within tier one accounts. Every move that sales, marketing, and customer success teams take should be a calculated move and then put those interactions under a microscope see what's working, and when you have a proof of concept and proof of success, you can then take your learnings and apply it to an ABM program for those tier two and tier three accounts. That's how you scale ABM successfully. You fix the business problems with tier one accounts and apply learnings to tier two and tier three accounts. I leave you with this last thought I learned from Tiffany Bova, who's global growth and innovation evangelist at Salesforce. How you sell and market matters. What you process, what your process is matters, but how your future and existing customers feel when they engage with you matters more. Think about that the next time you think about scaling ABM before you change the interactions your team's having and the experiences that they're delivering. If you want to hear more of my rants in our podcast interviews with sales and marketing leaders at companies like Highspot, Unifor, Gong, Clary, Critical Start and others please go to personalabm.com and click on ABM resources. You'll see links to our ABM Done Right podcast, as well as links to my interviews on other people's B2B sales and marketing blogs and my articles that are on top websites like Marketing Profs. While you're there, click to uh, the button that says book a strategy call to learn where growth opportunities may lie in your own ABM program.